welcome to the Phantom Zone. This is Now Comics, and we're talking about the extravaganza that's going to be Christopher Nolan bringing Fortnite in uh, movie. <laughs> bringing movies to Fortnite. Maybe he's going to do Fortnite the movie. That's the announcement. Maybe he'll do a Fortnite movie. Uh, isn't he one of the guys that complains about um, how you watch his films? He complains yeah. about. Yeah, he's also one of the people who complains like, oh, he's trying to preserve the cinema, like the whole experience of the cinema which is why that man has not budged on Tenet coming out on July 17th, even though I personally don't think that's going to happen. No, there's no way theaters will be open by then. If theaters he, he's even sticking to it. He's sticking to it. Uh, speaking of theaters, they're basically trying to just relaunch like their popular movies in theaters right now. There was a few that got announced. like There was Scott Pilgrim. They're just going to reshow it, as well as like the like Ghostbusters. Uh, I believe it's... Uh- no, I think you're talking about like those live, like those like Twitter parties where it's like people just like watch the film. No, uh, Edgar Wright did come out and announce that Scott Pilgrim's coming back to theaters. Yeah, they're re-releasing like films. I guess it's to help like the theaters because there's like nothing coming out. It's also Scott Pilgrim's tenth anniversary this year. Yeah, well, that is true. But, like, oh, I wow. get the idea, but they're not going to be open, or at least I don't think by me. Like I'm in a big hotspot, so they're not going to be open. I'm in Jersey, so yeah, I don't think there's not a ch- I don't think there's a chance. And yeah, they have to rely on older movies, but no one's counting on Tenet being like one of oh. the uh, the the first like original movies to come out. And I'm like, your movie needs a lot more marketing. Can you imagine okay. people are like, oh, it's risk our lives. We gotta go see Tenet. It's it's totally <laughs> worth Corona. So I I saw the news about Brian Lee O'Malley asking about bringing back the Scott Pilgrim game and then Ubisoft was like, oh, who knows? Like, you know, like the 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 the, the emoji with, like, his hand on his chin. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I thought like that was, like, the big Scott Pilgrim thing. Uh, no, they had a watch party yesterday with the Academy uh, and what's happening is, I guess, uh, Edgar Wright came out and announced that um, they're bringing the movie back into theaters, or they were playing on doing strange, it in August. What a strange movie for them to announce that they're doing a re-release, because, like, that movie didn't do so well the first time. And sure, well, I, think, like I think the whole following point, built but... enough where they can put it back in theaters, or feel confident putting it back in theaters, in Dolby. Yeah, well, hopefully hopefully that means that Ubisoft is re-releasing the, the game, because... The game? The yeah. game was really good. Yeah, you know, it's like, I was talking to some people on our Discord, and like, yeah, sure, like, the gameplay is, like, kind of, like, not the best, but you know, it's like the the art by Paul Robinson and the and the music by Anamanaguchi is like really like kind of like the out, the outstanding part of that game. And you know what's like, funny? And, That's and not even. Game... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, it's like a game that you just can't get anywhere. It's like not available on any current platforms. Even if you owned a 360, you couldn't buy it through the 360. The only way you could play it is like if you have a save file on your 360 or PS3 for it, which you know, it's like I do. But you know, it's like, do I want to pull out a whole system to play a game that I can't even play online with other people? Exactly. You know, it's funny the whole Scott Pilgrim getting re-released thing. That if this was any other week. That would have been the craziest movie story to me, but it's not. 
Yeah, well, we can use that as a good transition. So that's the whole. That was the whole idea. I was transitioning into that story. So yeah, because we've entered like a complete fucking hellscape. <laughs> yeah, the internet trolls have won. Man, I'm excited. Fuck you guys. I'm still excited. <laughs> like, I, I get the reason. So we're talking about the... Is Ladies it- and gentlemen, welcome to a timeline where the Snyder Cut fucking exists. I'm excited. So, yeah, Except so, I am- it doesn't exist. Because if it, it did exist, they would have put it out, like, next month. Except for it's like, oh, I have to, like, put it together and spend $20 million to put it together. I'm like, oh, so the Snyder Cut doesn't exist. It's a thing that you have to make to exist. Mm-hmm. I'm it's sorry. Exist. I'm like I, I'm like very incredulous about this whole thing, and I don't like the implications of like what this because you know it's like Mass Effect Three went through this thing where their fan base like didn't like the ending of the game and like prodded EA and Bioware so much to where EA like had to make a new ending for the game, and it's just like set this like entitlement bullshit in the gaming community like ever since and it's like i like i don't want that for films i don't want like this idea that if a film sucks then there has to be a better version in some way and to (laughs) make a petition and spend money and waste five years of your time to get a bad movie to get an extra 30 minutes popped onto it to make it into a maybe a better movie it's like and like, and that's not listen. This is gonna be listen. Snyder. I always felt bad for Zack Snyder, given how he was kind of fucked out of the whole thing. To be honest, no, because Man of Steel's fucking terrible. And like, I mean, Batman I like Man v of Superman. Steel. And oh, I hate v Man of Steel. And Batman v Superman is fucking worse. And it's I mean, like, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. That is a bad movie. So it's like, why would I expect if this guy made two goose eggs not to make a third one? And like. <laughs> Yeah, like, Joss Whedon's Justice League is, like, not great. It's got some cool moments, but at the end of the day, it's, like, not a... It's not rememberable in any kind of real big well, way. And part of the problem with it, which is something I feel like the Snyder Cut fans don't ever want to talk about, is that the, a lot of the problems that movie has is because they went... It's the third movie in that universe. Or, yeah. like, fourth at that point. Like, it's not, like you don't give a shit about the character. Like, we don't give a shit about the Flash. We don't give a shit about Cyborg, who looks like a fucking terrible Transformer. Like, we just don't give a shit about these characters. Oh, and it's... I mean, yeah, I, I just I just don't. And there was, like, pe- like I, and I don't even know if it's joking at this point. You have, like, da- David Ayer, who's, like, talking about release the Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. Like, okay, nothing can some- make that movie better. And then, like, there are, like, people... uh who are close within my circle who are joking about like, Oh, can Disney now like do a good version of the last Jedi? And I'm like, if you fix the last Jedi in any kind of way that you think it's broken, it doesn't fix the fact that so also funny, Rise of Skywalker is fucking awful. So here's the thing. I'm hearing rumors and our own Connor McGraw told us this. I'm not sure what's going on with it, but there is a rumor that Shapek and Iger are working on a alternate cut of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, yeah, I, I hate Rise of Skywalker. I don't even like, but like, if they were to like remake that film and make it palatable in any way, I wouldn't even fucking care. Like, that's I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm also, like so apathetic to this stuff. It's funny. Someone, um, speaking of the quote unquote air cut, um, someone had put a uh, I guess a tweet out and says, release the air cut, and ATT 
actually responded saying one thing at a time with an emoji. David Ayer qu- qu- uh, quote tweets it saying standing by. God, kill me. Uh, just let let the coronavirus just fucking kill oh, me. And can I also add, if any of these movies were good to begin with, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, because right. there would be no conversation to fix them. You yeah. know, that's fine. And, I'm, and, I'm still on the Man of Steel side for y'all. Just just saying, I enjoyed uh, Man of Steel. Well, the, minus the whole, one certain parts. The whole Snyder thing, though. But I mean, he did get kind of shafted out of it. But even yeah. if even even if the movie was good, they would just release that as like special features on like the Blu-ray. But directors are shafted out of their films all the time. Like yeah. uh like going back to our Scott Pilgrim conversation, uh Edgar Wright worked on Ant Man for ten years and got fired. Like, are we gonna all of a sudden get like an Ant Man like Edgar Wright cut at some point, even though there's like nothing for him to film? It's like like let movies that are bad be bad. And if they're bad, then move on. Like That's fine. This- I'm still excited. I still am like I'm just imp- I'm impressed. That they got to this far, I know I shouldn't be, but I am. It's like, it's like if New Mutants <laughs> turns out to be bad when it comes out in August. Like, am I going to be like, "Fuck you, Disney!" Release like the original cut that was supposed to come out two years ago. Before it's like, no. When you didn't I'm, even own the film, that because that company. Was it's like important. I'm. I, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at that film, and I'm like, you know what? It's not as like even if it's as bad as the worst X Men movie. I'm like, you know what? It's a thing. Yeah, I want to point out we got Snyder Cut announced before New Mutants even got released. Yeah, yeah. What a what a timeline we live in. I just I, I just but don't. I I am, I am curious to see what the original vision was intended to be. I'm a big fan of Hollywood like what if stories and the fact that and what if story is coming to fruition in reality makes me excited. And I think yeah. like the clo- and I think the closest thing to like compare this to is Superman two because we got the Donner cut. Mm-hmm. You know, that came out, but that came out like, like decades later, like, like 20, 30 years later. And it's like, Hey, like, like this is what could have been. And would it have saved like the Superman franchise? Probably not, but it's like a fun kind of like look into like what could have been, you know, like them releasing the Snyder cut, like a year after like birds of prey and Joker <laughs> And like around the corner of Shazam, and like and and Wonder New Woman. Gods and Wonder Woman. It's like, what does this do for your brand? Like, what? Like, <laughs> just, like, 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 how does I, this, I how does this push DC four? Well, it's the problem is that it's kind it gets, of um, a dead it universe. Get HBO Max. That's what it gets. <sighs> yeah, that's probably the biggest part of it. But like, the universe as a collective universe is basically dead. Like, the Flash is dead. Like, no one wants to admit it, but it's dead at this point. We have a new Batman on the horizon that's not connected. Which, I don't know about that, you guys. Like, the news of, like, them basically being like, oh, it's like a dark, gritty Batman, like, the way you've never seen it before. I'm like, what are you talking about? They've all been dark and gritty. Like, they've been all dark and gritty. What are you talking about? Uh, hold, hold, uh, you think George Clooney was dark and gritty? Wait a minute now. Hold on, sir. But I mean, but I mean, like, that initial universe started off as a really dark joker as a tim burton oh no absolutely but like like, it it was also dark and gritty compared to what came before it each one has gotten darker and grittier and i'm not and i'm not expecting like batman to be cracking jokes but like at the same time it's just like i don't know why you're trying to sell your film as like innovative because it's dark when the whole cell of the previous dc universe was that it's dark 
and the whole entire sale <laughs> no of, of the Nolan universe that was dark and grounded and gritty. It's like we've lived in like 15 years of like DC being dark and gritty. And you know what like the bright shining examples of like the last 15 years have been like Wonder Woman and Shazam because they have uh, like heart. Uh, Aquaman, sir. And I would Aquaman. say sorry, yeah. Aquaman, yeah. You know, like Aquaman at least has some fun. And I think Wonder Woman gets the benefit of being like a good film among garbage compared to like Shazam. I think Shazam is a great film. I think yeah. Wonder Woman is good. I think I think Wonder Woman is two thirds a great film. Yes, it it really has a big problem at the end. But uh, <laughs> we can yeah, transition I, to the other DC thing though. That was kind of big news that just came out like yesterday. Oh yeah. The other bat that is getting recast, so Ruby Rose stepping down slash maybe fired from Batwoman, which I just finished their season, quote unquote, because everybody's season kind of ended weird, which they did some crazy ass shit. I didn't know they cast Bruce Wayne. All right, well, I didn't finish yet, so thanks. Well, <laughs> if you don't see, like, it's literally like you don't, it's not Bruce Wayne, but like they show a picture. So uh, it's like, us. Yeah, they, well, yeah, they do like a whole bunch, of, but they, they they have to have like three episodes, but not finished. It's like so far from a finale. Um, but yeah, so she's leaving. She's not Batwoman anymore. It's kind of weird rumors because um, she had the bad injury, but there's rumors that she was pretty bad on set. Um, we don't have a yeah, clear like image. The rumors are like, you know, like apparently she's with like a diva on set. She didn't, she didn't like the hours of working on a TV show or the hours that came with it, which... It's weird. She's worked on TV shows before, and she's would, also the lead. I would I would argue that Ruby Rose doing like a TV show like Orange is the New Black is like a completely different animal than working on uh, a show like Batwoman. Yes, but also like, what is the demand for Ruby Rose right now where she shouldn't just suck it up? She's the lead of a show and got huge press push, and she's what surprised. Is the, she has what to- is the demand for Ruby Rose? Period. Wasn't she in like Triple X? No, she wasn't Triple X. She was for like a hot minute, and she was the mute assassin in John Wick Two. I mean, like I don't know. Like I, I think it's like a lot of like you know, it, it, like that initial like Hollywood Reporter like also brought up that uh, she was injured on set. Oh, like yeah, she was really she almost like got paralyzed and like that. And it wouldn't surprise me if like that kind of shit like you know kind of freaked well, her out. Yeah, they said it had nothing to do with it in the article. Like, I read the information that said it had nothing yeah. to do with that injury. There seems yeah. to be a lot more that this came from the CW side than the Ruby Rose side. And uh, has world. she said anything? I don't think I've no. heard anything from her side yet. No, just but, a, they just made, like, their usual, like, statements of, like, oh, yeah, nothing's wrong. Yeah, um, there were rumors when she was on Orange is the New Black that there were problems there. Because if you watch that show, they build her up and then, like as a huge storyline going forward and then like rush her to basically kill off her character. She doesn't die, but like they get rid of her like in the last like two episodes. They and there were rumors that she, no, like the opposite. They move her to a different one. Yeah. They send her to Superman. I, I was just joking. They, uh, mm. they basically, uh, like the main character, Piper makes yeah. a shiv out of like a Jolly Rancher, just like plants it on her and she gets sent away. And after that, they never mention her again. Yeah. She's the only I, person that was not like brought back for the final season. Like I all. like, I did like a hard stop. I, I, I was like super into orange, the new plaque. And then there was like the beginning of like one of the seasons where I was like, 
Oh, it was I very much. Oh, I, I, I very much. I very much had like my flash moment where I just like washed my hands of. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Like this is oh, this yeah. is the my, time for me to get out. My wife really liked it, so like I would jump in and out of it all the time. But like the, I watched the final season because like it's the show was on while and it was kind of like a groundbreaking yeah. show. And it's like literally every character from the entire series got a callback in the final season except for hers. All right. Like I think I got to like season three or four and it was like I think the one where, six or five yeah and it was the one where it was like she could go home but she like had to like basically like give up donna from like that 70s show and then like she did it and then donna did and i was just like it was like one of those like slow it was like this seems like so like out of character like why would this character do this like because oh, we've that's, kind of been that's, building that's, it that that and i, I think was that's like, the you know, ruby that's the pre like the next season's the ruby rose season i think yeah because i never saw ruby rose in orange and the black yeah, and I, she, and the, the whole thing and is that, she she ends she and piper hook up and it ends the relationship with laura prep yeah but like that moment i was just like you know what like this is like, like I feel like the show is just like now trying to like extend the run of the show, of like trying to keep her in prison. And I was like, I don't like yeah. this. I don't like this character now. Like I don't like anything about it. I'm not. It's, I was, you know what? This is like the perfect time for me to just like hop out and just be like, yeah. you know what? It was. It's been fun. I would say the last season does a really cool thing because they go into the ice detention sh- centers and how they like they're privatizing those, and it takes right. like a very interesting route. That's awesome. Yeah. Because, yeah, they even brought back, um, what's her name from Doom Patrol shows up in the final season. And she was not in, like, the last, like, two or three at that point. Um, I can't remember the actress's name. I have never seen, uh... Doom Patrol? No, I've, I've seen a bit of Doom Patrol. I've never, I, the I've short not seen Orange New Black. I've seen a little bit of it, and it just never grabbed me. Yeah. It's, well, uh, psychic, it's the psycho chick. Uh, I forget her name. Yeah. I can't remember her name, but the, the short Spanish girl. She was yeah. in like she was big in Orange is the New Black, and she obviously left to do Patrol, and they brought her back, and they gave her like a pretty heavy story. Um, what do we want to jump to next? Uh, Sandman. That's sure. pretty big. Yeah. So, uh, Sandman is getting an audible drama, and uh, they assembled one hell of a cast. Yeah. Um, I have not listened to it. I have it. But... It's not out yet. It's going to be starting. No, no, no. Uh, I was going to say, uh, they have kind of a similar cast for Neverwhere on Audible, and it's like, I guess, like, no one talks about it, because it's McAvoy is in that as well. Okay. Oh, Cat Dennings is playing Death? That's... Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. give me one second, oh, yeah. we're going to run through this entire oh. cast. I think I posted the, the, the cast list in the, the group chat a few days ago. Yeah, the Neverwhere yes. one is um, McAvoy, the guy that plays Martian Manhunter and Supergirl, uh, uh, Cumberbatch, Natalie Dormer, and oh my god, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, Dooku. All right, oh. so la, 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 la. okay, so here we go. So James McAvoy is Morpheus, Riz Amazing. Ahmed from Venom is Corinthian, Cat Dennings Ooh, is Death. That's an interesting casting choice. Taryn Edgerton is John Constantine, which that's is pretty really, good, really good casting. Uh, Andy Circus is Matthew the Raven. Oh, that's cool. Michael Sheen is Lucifer. Perfect. BB Newworth is the Siamese cat. And Samantha Morin is Urania Blackwell. And Neil Gaiman himself will be the narrator. Yeah, the cat uh, dunning uh, is the only one I'm like, okay. Uh, man, 
Cat Dennings' death is like a uh I do not like ever think about it, but I'm just like, you know what? That's really good. But you uh, know it also could be because like I also have like a massive crush on like Cat Dennings. Yeah, my wife watched her new show. It looked interesting. I think it's on Netflix or Hulu. And um I don't know, I have mixed feelings about her because I feel like she's just Cat Denning and everything she does, which could actually work really well for that character. So sure, I know. But I, I was but wrong I, about Kay- uh, Kaylee Cuoco on Harley, so... Oh, she's, like, in a bunch of episodes of WandaVision. Kat Denning? Yeah, yeah she's gonna it, be coming back as Darcy. Oh, I did not know that. Really? Yeah, that's also a character I really don't care for. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I, I mean, like, Darcy, I, I feel like, also has, like, not a lot to do in those movies, so it's like... Yeah, just like every other I, woman in the first two movies. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh god are we doing this right now no no it's just like those movies aren't great but she's better in the first one the second one is just like she's like bad comedy like comic relief i didn't mind her in the first one i hated the second i just hate the second movie period like the second movie is uh, just boring like it's a slog um but yeah that's pretty cool like i've been getting into audiobooks so and i've Listen I to a keep meaning to want to get an me- audible account so this is fine with me maybe i'll ask for it for around christmas time so yeah and uh, I've tried reading Sandman like a couple different times, and it's just like it's a lot. It's it's a dense. lot to take in, and and I'm kind of like wonder, and I like kind of like retain information a lot easier through audiobooks. Like I mean, comics are fine, you know, because it's like a visual medium, but like there's just like so much text in a Sandman book that it's just like my eyes kind of glaze over. So like I'm kind of open like with an audiobook of Sandman, it's like a little bit better for someone like me. Yeah, there was a uh... oh sorry. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Oh no, I was gonna say uh, Andy Circus did uh, like a eleven hour reading of The Hobbit like last week. Oh yeah, was... he dropped the uh, he dropped the Riddles in the Dark chapter. Um, I yeah, guess it was because that's the Gollum chapter. Yeah, I was I was I was like listening to that. That's it's really good. He did it for uh, charity. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, what was it, Taika Waititi is going to be doing a reading with celebrity guests for James and the Giant Peach for charity next. Oh, yeah, wow. that's, that's good. Yeah, that's a movie on its own I have not seen in 15 oh, years. Oh, God, I have not seen that movie since I was a child and I had it on VHS. It's Maybe, like, long. middle school? Does Disney Plus have it, actually? That's a good question. Is well, it a I Disney can check movie? real fast. It is a it Disney, is a Disney movie. movie. I think it should be there. I would hope so, because I would I will watch that, because I haven't seen that movie in um, God knows. So I assume it's on Disney+. The movie's kind of messed up, too, let's be honest. Well, that's all those, well, like, movies. Because it's, it's a Henry Selleck movie. It is on there. Yes! Hell yeah, man, that's my list. Um, so which of these uh, new stories should we go to next? Should we uh, do the big two, or should we do the, the indie stories? Uh, I mean, like the we last can skip one, the like, Mega Man one. I didn't realize that was based off a show, so that well, one. and I think that's like kind of like really funny though. It's like because the Mega Man fully charged show is like not still going, so it's like they're doing a comic based off an animated show that's like not going on anymore. And it's not like, and that's not even to say like you know, Mega Man fully charged was a good show. Like it was kind of like a show that came out. People didn't really like the character designs for it. It kind of just didn't feel like it didn't like really kind of embody like what you would want out of a Mega Man property, even for like a kid show. And so it's just like very strange that they would do like a a, a comic book for this. I do. So I've know. never, I I've never even seen this show. I've never even heard of it until just now. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like not great. You know, it's I mean, you know, it's like Mega Man, but like they they don't have like really any of like the other side characters that are like I feel like are kind of like fun about Mega Man, like Roll or Proto. Um, and like Doctor Light's like the main, uh, like you know, he like takes care of of Mega Man, but like there's no like Doctor Wily. They don't do like the evil robots, and they do the when they do the evil robots, they're not like Doctor Wily. They're just like kind of like some weird kind of like offshoot, and like the the design for Mega Man is just, like kind of not great. Um, it's just like a a very weird take on it, and. I think like kind of like the biggest thing about that show it it, it, it was developed by Men of Action who are like Who's the same doing people. Yeah, the Ben Ten guys, right? Yeah, which you, which you know, comic fans would also know Men of Men of Action as like Joe Casey, Joe Kelly, Duncan Merlot, and Stephen C. Stephen T. Seagal. You know. Okay. But, I just know like, yeah, the guys I, who made Ben Ten and Generator Rex. But yeah, like I I read like I saw this story and I'm like, oh cool, like because like I I there was like a Mega Man comic from Archie that went for like uh 50, 60 issues that was like so good. Uh, and they had like crossovers with Sonic that was like really fun. And then they had like a a crossover with all the other Capcom universes that was just like it's so good. Um, and even like uh years ago there was like a Dreamwave Mega Man series that was also just super fun. Um, yeah, and it's, like, I, I feel like it's, like, if you're going to do, like, a Mega Man comic, like, especially, like, with this group of people, like, the artists from Read Only Memories, um, it's, like, well, why not let them kind of do, like, their own Mega Man story instead of, like, doing, like, this comic for a failed TV show? It has to be tied to some sort of licensing deal or some bullshit. It's Boom Studios. They get a lot of licensing stuff, so. I, I, I would also, like, would figure, like, a comic like that would have been a comic that they would have cut because of, like, the virus. And they're like, well, we're, like, you know, four months uh, uh, behind on everything. Like, well, look, well, let's look and see, like, what we can cut. You know, it's like, oh, like, this comic for a show that's not even on air anymore. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely, like, a weird thing to be coming out. Um, so we want to jump to the next thing. So I'll take this one, the Moon Director one. Sure. Yeah. So for you guys don't know, Duncan Jones, uh, David Bowie's kid, he uh, is launching a graphic novel. The director is... of Warcraft. Yes. yes. Wait. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. The director of Warcraft, Source Code, and Moon is directing is doing a graphic novel. It launched a Kickstarter campaign, and it already exceeded its goal. And this guy is David Bowie's progeny. Yes. Wow. And um, this is actually the third in a trilogy. So this he's made his own little loosely connected trilogy with Moon, which is great. And then Mute on Netflix, which fucking sucked a lot. So this one is called Matey, Matey, Once Upon a Time in the Future. This is supposed to be the last one. It's about a, uh, a veteran of Britain's elite special operations unit, kind of... On the, on the run sort of thing. So it's another story set in that world, which I'm excited for, because I liked Moon a lot. Um, the writer is Alex DeCampi. He did, I guess, there, is there a Blade Runner comic, or is it just... She's great. Alex DeCampi is so good. And drawn by Glenn Farby, Simon Bisley, Duncan Figrito, and Pia Guerra. Pia Guerra is uh, the artist for Why Last Man. She's great. Oh, really? Oh, okay. the, the art in this, like, the, in the images in the link, look amazing. So, and Why the Last Man is, like, gorgeous. Okay, so this is coming from Z2 Comics, so this is going to be very, very indie. Um, I think it's just kind of interesting that Duncan Jones is jumping to this as his, um, 
how he's ending his uh, little, or he's starting his next chapter of his little saga he started with Moon, which is all set in the same universe. Um. Well, I I also heard that that Netflix movie was really bad. It um, is. I can confirm. And, I watched it out of excitement, and I left disappointed. And while like Bright is very bad, uh, it's still got like enough viewers to get a sequel. I I would have to imagine that um that movie was bad enough that not enough people saw it to where they would do a like a sequel for it. It's boring. It is, I think, one of the worst Netflix movies I've seen. Duncan Duncan Jones's um filmography hasn't exactly or success wise, box office wise, hasn't exactly taken off, I guess you could say. Like Moon and Source Code are like, you know, modestly budgeted films and like And they're also, pretty good movies. And then Warcraft and pretty, happened. And, and pretty big critical darlings. Um but yeah, like Warcraft happens. Um so but I mean like what I'm saying is like hey he's got he doesn't have the sophomore slump. You know, he's not like the the guy who did Donnie Darko or he's not Josh Trank, you know. No, that's fair. I haven't seen Trank's um, movie yet, by the way. Oh, speaking of like, which he's doing a rogue trooper adaptation. Uh that's I, I I heard Capone is not good. Yeah, I've heard it's not good. But I'm I'm talking about Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones is doing a uh, rogue oh. trooper adaptation. Uh yeah, I don't know a whole lot about Rogue Trooper other than I like I guess it's a comic, and then they did like a PS2 game. Uh, but other than that, I I don't know a whole lot about. It. I know it's like a big is isn't it like a 2080 thing or like a very uh, British thing? Yeah, it's a very British thing. Probably also so he's been going by Duncan Jones, but he was born Duncan Zowie Haywood. So I'm just imagining if he was called Zowie Bowie or Zoe Bowie, Duncan Zowie, directed by Duncan Zowie. A lot of like kids of like very famous creators, like look at Joe Hill or um, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, um, and there's this Nicolas Cage's cousin too. Changed his name. Um, shit, Charlie uh, Emilio Estevez. (laughs) Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Um, Emilio Estevez. uh, Well, no, Emilio Estevez kept his name. Well, his dad's Martin Sheen, right? His Martin Sheen changed his name to Martin Sheen to be more white. No, it's just Emilio Estevez. No, Emilio like um, Emilio Estevez is using his real name. Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen anglicized their names to get better roles. Oh, okay. Martin Sheen's real name is like Martin. Oh, Estevez. I see now. Okay. Yeah, that's why in I was it Machete. Charlie Sheen goes by like Carlos Estevez. Martin Sheen's full name is Ramon Gerardo yeah. Antonio Estevez. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's a movie. That's a movie star name. Like why did he keep that? Because you couldn't cast Spanish people in movies at that time. You know what? You're a hundred percent right. And I and he passes his he passes his very white. This is, this is Lou with another uh, token minority uh, uh, teaching moment. Yeah, well, that's one of the things. Like growing up <laughs> and being Hispanic, it's like, oh, because I think they're Puerto Rican, aren't they? And like, my, it was like one of those things. It's like, oh, you know that Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen are actually this. And it's like, I appreciate okay. that we've gone from talking about Duncan Jones's career to. Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez's name changes. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, that's definitely interesting. I kind of want to check it out. Um, this I would next- too, just to hear the third story. The next story is. Uh, did you guys talk about the Inuyasha sequel yet? N- no. no, I think we talked about it in the Can, chat. Uh, man, I am like, I I didn't realize how excited I would be for new Inuyasha until I heard that there were going to be yeah. new Inuyasha. I, I, this sounded goofy, and then I just read the description. I'm like. Kind of, it kind of works really well. And then, um, there, the anime is happening. Yes. And so is the manga. So the, obviously, this is getting both. But yeah. So 
I kind of like the idea it's though, where it's like Inuyasha and Kagome's daughters. Uh, uh, it's yeah, one daughter. Of, no, it was one because da- uh, I mixed up. Because so, uh, Shishomaru has the two daughters, and then Inuyasha has the one, or was it the other way around? Hang on, I'm checking right. I have, I have the article. I have the description here. So it's half demon twins Towa and Setsuwa. Okay. But yeah, uh, are, have 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 either any of you seen or read Inuyasha? I have not. Yeah, I watched I'm every super episode. excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I um, uh, it's not my like go to Rumiko Tanahashi. Hey, you like uh, Rama? Uh, I love Rama, but you know, it's like I think there's like so, Rama's Rama's lighter. But the problem with Inuyasha is it's long as fuck and like eighty percent filler for dumb shit. Uh-huh. But it's still like, good in those parts. Okay, like the so it's, Seshimaru, it's Seshimaru's daughters and Inuyasha's daughter are the three main but, characters. Which, which to be fair, like also like a, a lot of Rama is also filler. Um, but you know, um, the 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 thing about Rama is that the the end of the series is when uh, Akane and Rama get married. Like that's the end of the series. Like you know, mm-hmm. and you can do like whatever wacky guy. Like the it, the the thing about Inuyasha is like we gotta collect these demon these shards. Things. We have, to like, get, we have to make the MacGuffin to do the thing. Yeah, and so, like, the MacGuffin to solve the problem is, like, what prolongs, like, the series. And, like, oh, there's a thousand shards. How are we going to get all these thousand shards? Well, it's going to take, like, 2,000 episodes. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, like... I, and two like, series. I, like, some of my, like, favorite memories uh, in, my, in my college days is when me and my roommate uh, used to live, like, by this bar, and I would go to the bar to some local show to like two or three in the morning uh to see some show and then i'd walk home and my room would be there like painting or whatever and then me and him would be in the front room while he's painting and i would just be we just drunk watch uh in yasha on adult swim and it was, the problem and, with and, it was is that they never it took them like five years to actually get the story done like the break yeah yeah and well what ended up happening was is that the original show ended uh, on like some superfluous like arc or like on some superfluous story. It just basically and it, and, and, and it basically was like to uh, like read the manga to see the continuing adventures. Which um, a a big TV fuck sh- you. yeah, a TV show should never do that, especially if you're a TV show that has like two hundred some odd episodes. Um, but then like a couple years later, after the manga ended, they did like a uh, Inuyasha the final arc that basically oh, explained. Yeah. The, the final arc of the series yeah. that kind of like said series ended in 04 and the second series started in 09. Yeah. And, and because of like, you know, the 20, you know, the 20 year, like, um, anniversary from the start. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it, you know, it's about time for like the, like, you know, 10 years ago, we, we actually got like a brand new episode of drama one half and it's so good. Uh, but you know, like that fit within the nostalgia timeline and it's like, Oh, Hey, it's, it's Inuyasha's yeah. turn in the sun to like have its big nostalgia boom. Yeah, I think you and me talked about it at some point. Um, where like maybe it was after the episode last week of like who is the mob to Seshoru's kids? And if it's Rin, ew. Uh, it's probably Rin. Like I like <laughs> it, it. It probably it, it, is Rin. It's anime logic, but like she but, was what like five at the beginning of the show. She's like five, and Shishomaru is like you know, but. Like he's all like, but here's the thing. Also, like Inuyasha is like not like an 18 year old boy. He's like, like 75. He's like he's, he's, a he's se- old. He, he's a 75 year old dog demon dating <laughs> like a 14 year old uh, high school girl who fell down a well. You know, 
<laughs> Ambi logic, like out the door, you know. Uh, it's a little bit creepier when you raise your baby mama, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I like. I think it's probably going to be Rin. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Rin. I'd be very surprised if it is. But you know, yeah, like, it's Cobra. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know, like Rumiko Tanahashi. Like when I'm kind of like thinking about it, um, you know, it's like Sailor Moon. Like U- Usagi is 14, and she's like, but you know, she's like star-crossed link to um Mahamar uh no uh tuxedo mask and in the in the in the original dub like he's they, they they make him in college but he's supposed to be in high school but it's like you know I don't know like I feel like she just kind of like doesn't really kind of care about it it's like you know like a, a lot of it's just like destined lovers kind of thing and well, like it's also I, like the, the it, culturally it's not as like in writing is not as big of a thing like in stories to yeah, do that. Sure. Um, yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily... Like, there have been, like, a few times where, like, ex- especially in, like, some anime, like, Bunny Drop, where the the foster parent taking over a kid who then becomes, like, their lover, like, later on in life and did not receive very well within the community of the, sh- of the show of the people that liked it. But I, I feel like for, you know, like, if, if Rin... If like if, if it's like I don't expect Rin to be twelve, a twelve year old bride. Like if they were to like write that story about like the the courtship of Shishomaru and Rin, like I I would I was I would suspect that Rin would be like sixteen, eighteen years old before like Shishomaru like even like you know and sh- and Shishomaru <laughs> wouldn't even be the guy to have like even reciprocated the relationship because that guy is just like in his own world always thinking about himself like Rin would have been the one to probably have started the relationship yeah well it's actually like I was listening to a podcast talking about um the professional and I feel like they have a very similar yeah. relationship yeah uh I, or uh, I never... Tara and Slade in uh that Teen Titan movie yeah well, I was no, just... no Slade yeah, is way yeah, more Slade is contract yeah yeah the uh, Judas Slade... contract yeah, Slate Slate totally fucked Tara in like in the original comics. And like yeah, yeah sure. And sure like they like tried like doing the thing with and that's why I think it's always like kind of like really odd they try and like rehash Tara. They've done, it, the, they've done the Judas contract like animated like four times at this point. And they do it I the exact same out, way DCA, every time. Uh, DC Abridged Universe has ruined that version of Deathstroke for me forever. Oh, it's just Macho Man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um just every time I just see that character, it's like, oh yeah. Deathstroke showed up in uh, Superhero Girls, and it was really cool. This reminds me that I need to watch um, Apocalypse War this weekend. Oh, it's, it was yeah. so good. I heard it's, it's really good. And Captain that universe. Can Can I talk about like uh, Deathstroke in Superhero Girls for a quick second? Sure. So, uh, so the episode's like a Batgirl-centric episode where at the very beginning of it, she's fighting Deathstroke because Deathstroke has a hit out on Jim Gordon. And uh, while this is going on, uh, during uh, her school time, Barbara meets Rose Wilson. And Rose Wilson is like, hey, like, you're really cool. Like, do you want to come over to my house for dinner? And then, like, when Barbara gets there, um, she meets Slade Wilson. And like they immediately like just know each other, and she's and and Slade's like, oh, you must be Barbara. Like she's like, yeah, like this is my friend Barbara Gordon. And she's like, oh, 
Barbara Gordon. She's like, he's like the the daughter of Jim Gordon. And, and like, and so like the entire episode is them fighting without letting Rose know. It's a, All right, that's it's funny. A, it's a very it's, cute episode. It's like an episode of the scene in the car in Homecoming, Spider-Man Home, Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. Yeah, um, that's fun. What I'm trying to think. Uh, what do we want to move to next? Nailbiter. I, I uh, feel like like has uh, Nailbiter coming back is like you know that's you know that was kind of like a big image series for like kind of like a first long while. Um, I never read it, but like I always had customers who like did really like it. Like I guess it's like a horror series. I yeah, mean that's I, all that's all I can really kinda of say about uh Nailbiter. Um what was it? Wind got moved from this fall to June. That's cool. I've never heard of it, but that's cool. Uh-huh. We have uh Lemire's gonna put out like new Sweet Tooth comics. Uh which is cool. Cause I, I think Sweet Tooth is like a really fun comic. Uh I don't think I actually ever finished Sweet Tooth, but I did read like uh, I want to say like at least half of Sweet Tooth. Um, I, I have not read it, but like I love Lemire, so and I'm pretty sure I own it because I bought that um, Humble Bundle last year. Yeah, and, so and sure I in that. And I really like Lemire's art. Like I like he's not like kind of like an artist you would stereotypically, you know, kind of like fawn over. But um, I like my dream. Like he at one point like drew him and. Um, but I would love to see Jeff Lemire write and draw a Superman book. Oh, that would be interesting. Because I, I think his like style for Superman would just be like a really unique looking and fun book. Um, but like, yeah, it's like if if DC ever brought back Solo, um, that like Jeff Lemire would be like one of those people I would like totally have like be like a writer artist on it. Um, <clears throat> some other short stories: uh, Harley Quinn's ending with issue seventy five. Uh, which is like pretty uh, impressive for a book in this day and era to go seventy five issues. Yeah, um, I haven't read her book in a while. Um, I did read that one story we talked about a lot a while back, and I don't know. I guess it's a big run for that character. I feel like maybe there's a little bit of burnout on her right now. Although I do have to watch. I want to watch season two of the show. Yeah. I was about to say, season so two has I've been, been really watching, good. I've been watching season one on Sci-Fi because they've been airing the whole first season uncut late at night on Sundays, and it's so fucking funny so far. Oh, season just, one is so good. I just want to yeah. say on season two, the Batgirl, the whole Batgirl arc is amazing. They they bring out the one where it's just like her purple jumpsuit with like the hood, and then like the yeah, little she, bat, the little hat. It's it's had, it's really well done. She has done. the bird costume. Yeah. Um, I think that there's burnout for the comics end of Harley Quinn because I think you know she was in she got Deadpool though she was in like five books. At one I, point. But, I you know but here's the thing like Deadpool didn't get Deadpool because he was in too many books it's like because those books sold like she, like she's she got Deadpooled in too many books that were like also just like historically bad like Harley Quinn <laughs> in Heroes in Qui- Crisis like did nothing for her. Like at all, and yeah. then like, and then they did like that Poison Ivy Harley Quinn mini like afterwards. Where yeah, that's when I was, I like just the last thing I read with her, and that was so bad. Where they give her like the peck on the cheek, and then and it's just like it's just so unfulfilling. Which it's is so funny because I I heard they go like hard the other way in the animated show. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's just like you watch like the Harley Quinn TV show, and like the relationship between Harley and Ivy is like perfect. It's so good. Like this is like the thing that you wish the comics kind of did. 
Which know. is funny because I actually love Ivy and Kite Man. Yeah, that show too. I fucking love Kite Man. Oh, Kite Man is oh. the best. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think I think like every character in that show is like kind of like the best version. Like you know, oh, like not, not not the best best version, but it's like it's the best version of like those characters that could exist in a show like this. Like King Shark yeah, and Doctor Psycho are amazing. Oh yeah, Ron Funches as King Shark is hilarious. Although I love the King Shark that they do in Apocalypse War. <laughs> the, the, the bottom for for John Constantine. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's the bottom. Yeah, yeah. you mean the top. King Like, I'll be completely hundred percent honest. It's like I like I. The only reason I would see Apocalypse War is to see any kind of dialogue between between King Shark and John Constantine. Oh, I don't think they don't. I don't think they talk. They, oh, I think he winks. Yeah, King Shark. No, it's um Constantine oh, and Raven are talking, and they walk into like like a room. He's they walk into. Bell Rev, and he's just like, "Oh shit, it's my ex." And Raven's like, "Ew, you dated Harley Quinn?" And he's like, "Oh my god, no! What are you crazy?" And then Raven just pauses and looks back over, and King Shark winks at them, and that's the scene. And then I'm like, a shock. Yeah, all he says is, <laughs> "King Shark is a shark." Um, but it's really, it was really well done, and it's like a great capper to that universe. Um, and ties yeah. everything together really well. And Matt Ryan is. The John Carson, not Keanu. Uh, well, I, I I don't hate that movie Look, at all. Here's the th- yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I think Constantine for 2003 as a kid who like you know like Tool and A Perfect Circle. Like that movie is great. You know. Well, you guys heard about the the you guys heard about the next DC animated movie, right? The next Superman movie they're doing. No. So it's called Man of Tomorrow. Darren Chris is Clark Kent in Superman. Uh, Alexandra Daddario is Lois Lane. Zachary Quinto is Lex Luthor, and oh. the other the other big name I noticed was um, Neil Flynn, aka the janitor from Scrubs, is Pa Kent. Oh, see, like to me, Lex is always like in a cartoon will always be um, oh Clancy God, Brown. Clancy Brown, but like I really like the voice cast that they had for. Well, they had the Rain Wilson movie. as Lex, which is a great get. It was, and I liked um, cry, Rebecca Romaine. Rain Wilson, like, is Lex Luthor and Harley Quinn? No, 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 no. DC animated stuff. Uh, no, in the uh, in Harley Quinn, it's Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause, like, because I like I like whoever does Harley or Lex Luthor and Harley Quinn. Like, I like that whole. Yeah, that's uh, Scott from like, Breaking Bad. Like, I I don't want to like. Um, it's not, like a, it's, not, it's not like a it's not like it's not like it's not like really a spoiler. Uh, but like the whole entire thing where like Harley Quinn's in the meeting with everyone else, and Joker's like, "Oh, like I want to build this big tower," and like the only one who like like doesn't agree with him is Harley, and Harley Quinn is like, "Oh, this is the reason why you shouldn't build it." And then like Lex does like the whole entire thing. He's like, "Oh, like you you made the icing without baking the cake," and she. And he's like, yes, you didn't bake the cake. <laughs> or like or like the argument that he has with Bane about not doing a second up is like <laughs> so good. He's such a good Lex in the show so far. I love him. Yeah, like like, well, like he's a I, fucking great actor. So like he just act, even as a voice actor, he's just acting the shit out of it. Like oh, I yeah, think like acting yeah. circles. Like that show is like the perfect combination of like Batman Brave and the Bold with like the Venture Brothers. Yeah, oh, wait, I think it, I think it does a good job of also mixing in like other key parts of the DC animated like world. 
um, yeah. that they've done, but it's definitely very heavily Brave and the Bold. But I think it picks and chooses because like Lex looks more like the um, I feel like he looks more like the old Justice League design than he does like the modern design. Like he's a little bit bigger and darker, which is kind of funny because the Justice League is like he he's black, but it's Clancy Brown doing the voice. Um, I still find it. I still find the line funny from James Gordon when he says like, "Says the guy fucks back." He doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. With the uh, oh my god, what that's what's his name too? Um, Chris Maloney from Happy. Yes, who's coming back? Re- he's re-reprising his character from Law and Order. Yes. Wait, Christopher Maloney plays Jim Gordon. Yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Wow! 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 Oh man, dude, what do you the, not know how what, good this voice cast is? Like, what funny casting that is! Yeah, it's perfect. He's basically playing oh, man. like. Kind of his like he's kind of playing like okay I haven't seen this yet but I had Wayne you had character Wayne Knight as uh, the Penguin you had oh, yeah. Rachel, Rachel Dratch showed up as Nora Freeze at one point um, that it, whole episode was sad that was that was a sad episode is it um, what's his name from Seinfeld um, Cyborg Wayne Knight is Penguin no uh, not, Jay, not Jason, Jason Alexander is Jason Cyborg, Alexander is Cyborg and he's, he's Cyborgman Cyborg. yeah. Um, I, so me and my mom, me, me and my mom actually have been watching Carly Quinn. And it's like really funny, like because you know it's like she she lives like right across the uh, uh, street from me, and like you know she gets bored because of, you know the coronavirus, and so like I go over there and like I eat dinner with her, and so like she's like oh like you know like let's like watch the thing, so I I put on Harley Quinn, <laughs> and she's like and she's like. Well, it's like I, I watch it like, you know, a lot of, like I basically go over there and watch cartoons because she has cable. Um, but like she's like, I can't believe a show with Batman would have cursing in it. And I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, Mom, Batman's not cursed. It's all the villains that are cursing. So they're bad guys. And she's like, oh, I get it. But like I tried like I tried explaining. She's she's so she, they had Cyborg Man on and she's like, what is he? And I'm like, oh, that's Cyborg Man. She's like, what? And I'm like. Because he's like a Jewish cyborg. <laughs> it's just like what? And I'm like, he's cyborg man, like cy- <laughs> cyborg, cyborg, cy- and cy is like a Jewish name. And, bo- and I like try to explain this joke to her, and she's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, you know, it's fine. What's hilarious is like he's a comic book character. Like he wasn't made for the show. Yeah, like he was created by um, her, um... and and. and Amanda Palmer, or, or yeah. Amanda Palmer, uh, Amanda Connor, and uh, uh, her husband. Uh, yeah, because that whole like first season, like where they live, all the other characters that are around them, that's all from like the apartment. That's all from the uh, that uh, initial comic. But uh, actually, to get off the topic really quick, on more important news, uh, Pennyworth season one comes on Blu-ray on twenty seventh. Just oh, thank, oh, thank, thank God. God. I thought you must said season two. No, season one, guys, we're okay. Uh, I I I was listening to like War Rocket Ajax, and a couple months ago they did like a big thing on Pennyworth because like some like one of the writers that they brought on to like interview was like uh, a big fan of Pennyworth, and they were just like talking about Pennyworth for about a half an hour, and that show sounds insane. Just why? I forget. I I forget I, 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 I I never watch it, but like it sounds like a very crazy show in a way that like. Oh, Gotham is crazy and, and awful. Like Pennyworth seemed crazy and like kind of okay. I and I'm a Batman fan, and I can't care about that show at all. No one can. <laughs> I'm amazing. It's getting a season two. Mm-hmm. Well, hey man, uh, so stars, star, 
Stars needs uh, some programming. Yeah, they only have that American Gods season one because that was the only part that we recognize. Uh, so the last indie story here before we get to like Marvel news is that uh, season two of the Umbrella Academy got officially announced for July thirty first. Oh, thank you. I forgot about that. Yes. Yes, that's exciting, especially with like being trapped inside. Like that's a good show to drop. Yeah, and you know, and I've talked about. I know we have mixed reviews. I liked it. You're not as big of a fan of the show. I liked it. Well, I enjoyed it. And so here's the thing: it's like I, I really do not like it because I feel like they tried to like cram in like two see two volumes of a comic into a show and don't do like a very good job of either of them. And but with like this new point, like they're not going to adapt Hotel Oblivion. Like there's no way they could. Um. So, like, I'm kind of interested to know what Umbrella Academy Season 2 is without it being yeah. anything that's sourceable. Like, them just doing their well, own thing. Isn't Gerard, like, really... He writes for the show, right? Gerard Way? I think he's in a consultant. I think he's just, like, on yeah, there. I don't to, think like, he's ever written an episode, but he, like, is a producer. Well, yeah, I, I, I feel like he's, like, a J... Uh, what do you call it? A George R. R. Martin of it. Where, like, I get... Like, I feel like the show fixes a lot of the problems I have with the comic. You know, you know to be fair, I, I think bringing up George R. Martin to Game of Thrones, you know, Because I don't think George R. R. Martin had oh, very much to say within that last season, though. Oh, so. no, no, I mean, like, early no, on. Like, she got oh, bag oh hey, Connor, hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's me, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's yeah. me, it's Connor. Hey, it's me, I'm done work. I'm here. How are you? Um, how's everyone? But yeah, yeah, you, you are right, John, but yeah. I, like, I feel like, to me at least, it seemed like he was able to, like, air out, or, like, not air out's not the right word, um, like, put, uh, breathe some life into some of the stories a little bit more with the yeah. show. They get kind of, like, shortchanged in the book. Yeah, I think I think the stuff with the horror is probably easily the, the best stuff of the show, because, like, the horror is, like, a non-character within the book, and having... Mm-hmm. And having the seance be like a conduit for the horror, I think is like a really smart idea and gives Klaus something to do, you know. Oh, because Klaus is like my one of my favorite parts of the show, like period. And I like also just like very, very good. Yeah. And I like the story of how like they expand the the white violin thing more with the other guy. I can't remember his name, like the villain guy more. Like I feel like it has more impact that it's like a long con. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and I think the stuff with, like, the white violin, like, doesn't necessarily pay off with, like, Space Boy when, like, Space Boy is, like, kind of, like, like, there's, like, th- that big scene where it's, like, should we put her in, like, the vault, and Space Boy, regardless of learning about how, like, his, how hard General Hargreaves is the monster, and has, like, kind of, like, pitted them all against each other, is, like, still is willing to put her inside the vault, and it's, like, it makes, like, me more sympathetic for Vanya and me hate Luther way more. But oh, like, yeah. But, but the point of the show is like you're supposed to like root for Luther and like cheer against Vanya, and it's like I, I feel like oh, at really? the end of the day, I don't. Maybe that's the book, but like in the show, I'm like definitely not the, like. I feel I'm like more that's like the sad show. for everyone. I'm like sad for everyone. I don't. Like, I don't feel like. That's- I don't feel like that's the thing in the book. Like I, I, I'm saying that as someone who's like watching the show. Like I feel like you're yeah, supposed in to the root book, against like Vanya. Yeah, in the book you're supposed to root against her, but like in the show, like I like no, that she's no, more in the, sympathetic. In, in the show, I think you're supposed to root against her. Like that, and, and that 
I I think so. Like, oh, I well, in her defense, she was like she was like manipulated by like that creepy dude. Yeah, she's uh, manipulated by him. She's like denied her powers and her destiny by the Hargrave. So I think I see her as like a very sympathetic character. And I, 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 I also think, well, like, I think the character in herself is sympathetic. I think the show, like, the show frames it in that, like, you're supposed to, like, like, root for the other people to defeat her. When it's oh, like, I, I don't, feel like, I feel like the reason why she is the way she is, is because of the people, like, the way they wrote them within the show. I agree with you. I would say that. Maybe my the, thing is like, and, um, and the and the book does it like a a little bit of a better way, but because they decided to adapt Dallas and the Apocalypse Suite within one story, it's like we have to get these characters in different places at different times that necessarily like don't fit. So like it like at the end of the day, it's just like sometimes like some of the heroes like like don't fit within like the confines that they should be like and like that's why i'm hopeful for a season two where it's like okay cool like now that you don't have any kind of restrictions to a comic let's see what you can do with like the basis mm-hmm. of like what this is i also think part of it is casting oh my god i just lost her name um as the white violin as vanya ellen, ellen page. page like it's hard for me like she's so soft and meek it's hard for me to see her as anything but that. It's really funny you say that because the first Ellen Page movie I ever saw was Hard Candy, and oh. she's just, and she's just yeah. like vicious in that movie. Mine was X Men: mm-hmm. The Last Stand. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like the show. My wife liked the show, which is always great for comic book shows. And it's great to root for some like a kid from Jersey. Yeah. So, um, I guess uh, our, so- the last one is the our swords, X of Swords. So I have like X of Swords. So I have three pieces of and they're oh. so like so yeah, so the Tent of Swords or X of Swords uh kicks off uh pretty soon. Um, Eventually this year. Uh September twenty twenty. Uh it'll be Jonathan Hickman, Teeny Howard, and Pepe Laraz. Which uh, I would say if you want to jump in the story, it started in cable issue one, I think. Yep, and that's <laughs> that was the last comic that came out before uh, the coronavirus, so... Yeah, because uh, he gets the sword, that's the whole where it's like, where I was reading, I was like, I think Hickman bringing in Rom, I'm like, this is fucking crazy. It's like, I thought Island's fucking was crazy, but he's bringing in the Space Knight? Yeah, so, and, and like, and I was like someone who initially wasn't going to pick up Cable. Like, I'm I'm someone who's also picking up all the X-Men books except for Wolverine. Um, and I wasn't going to pick up Cable, uh, but I heard enough good things about the first issue of Cable, and I read it. It's, like, pretty fun. Um, and yeah, like Ten of Swords or X of Swords is the first big crossover of the new Hickman era of the Dawn of X. So uh, yeah, like I mean, like you know, X Men has been hitting on all cylinders, and uh, despite a you know two and a half month gap, uh, I'm pretty excited to see like what this big event is like, kind of building up it, to. It seems to me, and based on this one cover. It's going to involve the original Four Horsemen for Apocalypse and his kids and and the kids from that. And so the story where the two islands fuck, the like yeah. the, the guy that shows up, I think that's the guy that's white in this cover. <laughs> but, it's, it's funny because I don't recognize any of the Four Horsemen <laughs> in the sky except for this Anubis-looking guy. Well, the other one also has like a pharaoh chin thing. Going. Yeah. 
But I know one of them was a woman, and in that X-Men book is the mother of that guy that's all white. And I believe it's implied that Apocalypse is his father. And in all those like sinister things, it was like, oh, something, something, until his original horsemen return. So I think it's going to be like the ban- the original four horsemen are coming back and they are pissed that they got banished. Um, but yeah, the kind of funny thing is like the first uh, look into the Ten of Swords uh, mini was supposed to be on Free Comic Book Day. And <laughs> so I'm kind of like wondering what they end up doing with that like preview comic. If they just like put it out for free through somewhere Don't or if they like, or what, what if like, <laughs> it's like, Probably Ten of Swords creation number one is the free comic book, comic book day comic. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, which, oh, which, I was trying to remember who else is in the book. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm looking at this old cover. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot Wolverine gets the Muramasa blade. So we actually, I'm looking at the cover. We've seen two of the characters that have swords already have their swords because Domino has her thing already because it's the thing that Forge made. Um, the like the biomechanical thing. That she's been wearing in her book, and then uh, Psylocke is already has hers because she just makes. But yeah, this is an exciting book, and uh, there's been a bunch of characters we have not seen yet in the new X Men to pop up in this, like some of this art. Like we have not seen Angel in anything, right? Yeah, he's been he's been dark for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what were your other Marvel stories? Uh, so Empire, which was like the big event before the virus hit, was uh, supposed to be coming out, will be going weekly instead of monthly. And that's like the pre-scroll war book. Like, I, I don't really have my finger on the oh, pulse of Empire. We're doing so that again? Again? Um, it's, it's, it, it's like something. I don't know. Because um, it looks like, is that Hulkling on the cover? Yeah. Yep. Um, because he's a scroll and Cree... Baby, he's a hybrid. Baby. Yeah. Uh, then, so Bleeding Cool, like, and this isn't like a huge story, but like, it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, is that Bleeding Cool put out a MIA list for uh, solicitation of comics in 2020? Uh, and so, uh, you know, we already have our digital only books in Ant Man, Avengers of the Wasteland, Ravencroft, Ghost Spider, 2020, Iron Heart. Spider-Man, The Black Hat Strikes, and Hawkeye Freefall. Um, and then they deduce uh, that other books that are going to go digital only are going to be Amazing Mary Jane, which is like kind of a really fun book. Like I read the first two issues of that, and I was going to wait for trade. Um, Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider and Scream uh, Curse of Carnage. Um, but um, here are the current books that are like missing in action. Um, and they could show up in September 2020 solicitation, but these are the books that have been previously announced that are not in the August solicitation for comics. Uh, Punisher vs. Barracuda, Werewolf by Night, Children of the Atom, Spider-Man Noir, Gwen Stacy, Amazing Spider-Man, The Daily Bugle, Web of Venom, Wrath, Strike Force, Runaways, Arrow, Swordmaster, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, Morbius, Black Panther, Falcon the Winter Soldier, Doctor Doom, Nebula, Atlantis Attacks, Immortal Hulk, Thrashing Place, Savage Avengers, Marvel, The Marvels, Empire, Spider-Man, Lords of Empire, Emperor Hulkling, Marvel Zombies, Resurrection, Marvel Tales, The Original Marvel Zombies, 
Magnificent Miss Marvel, Black Widow, Black Widow, Widow Stings, Widowmakers, Red Guardian in Yellow Belova, number one. That's so much. Taskmasters, How to Read Marvel Comics the Marvel Way, Conan the Barbarian, Savage Surge of Conan, Conan, Battle for the Serpent Crown, Dark Agnes, Empire, Storm Ranger, Empire, Thor, Empire, Squadron Supreme, Empire, The Invasion of Wakanda, <laughs> Empire, Empire, Ghost Rider, it's Juggernaut, going. Juggernaut, New Warriors, Union, Power Pack, <laughs> and Champions. And that's Jeez, every week? Alright, all right, uh, give John a minute to breathe. Um, uh, those are the b- Marvel books that are missing from August. Nice. Uh, so, uh, there are like a couple books here that like uh, Runaways, I know, um, because I follow Rainbow Rowell on Twitter, uh, has said that there is a new uh, arc for Runaways. So I'm not necessarily w- worried about that book. Um, but there are like are the books like all these Empire tie-in books uh, that you know are supposed to fit within like this. If this event is going weekly, it wouldn't surprise me if like some of these event books like go to maybe like trade only. Um, these Black Widow books that were supposed to come out around the same time as a Black Widow movie are pushed back to whenever that Black Widow movie comes out. Um, but um, it's like some of these, like I, I like I don't know. It's like Alliance Attacks. Like, uh, is that tied into something? Like, just like who knows? Like I, like I, I, I imagine like some of these books will like never come out or will be digital only. Yeah, I'm guessing a lot of books will be digital only. Because, like, if you've already, depending on how far they are into production, like, if they're done, like, why not just put them out? <laughs> yeah, you say that. Uh, Marvel has, well, I mean, the comic book companies have, like, a history of, like, having books in a can and still not releasing them. Like, uh, I remember, like, years ago, there was a Nick Spencer, Becky Cloonan, Doctor Doom mini uh, that was fully done. Um and like they just didn't release it. So there's like some Becky Cloonan Doctor Doom story in the Marvel vault somewhere that we'll never see. That's so weird. Uh but like of of you know, some of these books here that, you know, I would like to see, like Children of the Atom, I think is like pretty great. Like and I was like really kind of excited for that. Like I think Valkyrie Jane Foster definitely should be, you know, I feel like anything X Men is going to come out because they're just so hot right now in the comics. I just can't see them holding it back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was the last Marvel story. Um, Alright, so oh, it's actually awesome timing that we got joined by Connor Irving, so we can talk about the books book story that we read, which is um, we read through Hellboy the Wild Hunt, and I know I read Hellboy Mexico and I read Hellboy Darkness. Darkness Calls? Is that the, there's Darkness Calls and then there's uh, Storm, I think is the final one. It's basically we read all the stories that the 2019 Hellboy movie pulled from. They also pulled like a ton of BPRD stuff. It's like yeah, they so wanted to make a BPRD. We, movie. I went with the main stories the movie was based off of. Yeah, yeah. so like the BPRD is where, Connor, you're going to have to help me out because I have not read any BPRD. Connor's our, Connor's our resident Hellboy expert TM. I can be the nerd today. Yes. You can be the well actually guy. Yes. So, that's- <laughs> Connor, why don't you then bring us through like Hellboy and like uh, uh, 
Okay, so this is the thing, and I, I've said it before on this podcast before, but like the movie, the 2019 movie, uh, is based after the final, like quote unquote, final Hellboy story, but they chose to start that. So it's a really weird thing because a lot of the tones and themes they took are from like a book ending perspective. Um, and they just made it the start of a movie. More like so, a franchise ending perspective, am I right? Yeah, sadly, super sadly. Um, but yeah, pretty much at this point uh, in time, Hellboy has been like trapped. Not trapped, he's been kind of like wandering around for about 20 years. To him, it's yeah. kind of, he's unknown, like he doesn't really have a concept of time anymore. Well, to to been- jump back a little bit, like in the comic version, Hellboy starts in World War II and then mm-hmm. the comic jumps around through time of his different like tales, but the world also knows of Hellboy. Yeah. Like, of, uh, sorry. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. So it's kind of like the second. Isn't it in the Golden Army where like they reveal in the second Gamble movie that they reveal like Hellboy is real? So like in the comics, that's not a thing. Like he just exists, and everybody knows about him. Yeah. That's kind of the one thing that the Guillermo movies, uh, like now looking Too back, always kind of weird, not weird me out, that it's just kind of a, an odd choice to make Hellboy just like a superhero. Like, oh, yeah, he, he doesn't exist. We'll just keep brushing him up. I feel like it's well, that the first movie kind of did that where treated him like he didn't exist. Like it was myth yeah. sort of thing. The second movie felt like a wholly different movie from the first one. Yeah, like yeah. in the comic and in the world, like magic is just a thing and people just accept that it's there. So it's it's a bit like more of a different world but yeah like in this world hellboy is just everybody knows him if you see him you're like oh that's Mm -hmm. a that's a weird looking dude and then you just walk around so to add to this so hellboy's made in uh 93 written and drawn and created by mike mcnola um i believe i read he it started as like a a sketch at a con yeah, you, if you get like the omnibus that I have, um, it has like a bunch of the original sketches of uh, like Hellboy, and yeah, like you can look at the original sketch and see like, oh yeah, that's that's Hellboy, but like super rough and very like '90s. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, which I do love the I, art. I feel like that's kind of funny because like uh, that's how like another Dark Horse comic, uh, Empowered, started. Oh yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, Adam Warren like did uh, commissions for people, and then like someone like su- at some point made a commission for a character in Bondage, and he like drew out this character, and he like really liked you know her, and so he ended up like making like more designs for her and did some more stuff, and then basically created this whole universe around uh, this character named Empowered. Hmm. See, I like that. Those those are the stories that usually have like the most going for them because they just started with no no real intentions yeah so the only thing i'll add is though like the comic hellboy design wise is different than both movie versions in that um which i don't get why they get rid of except for conveniences like i would argue the first hellboy movie comes pretty close design wise as best as they can yeah Yeah, they get rid of the feet like they give him just human feet Mm -hmm. instead of the cloven feet um, yeah, he's much like, more monstrous in the comics, I think. Like his proportions. Yeah, I'm like he's huge. Like he's a he's a big dude. Uh, but I he's like, like he's like seven five in the comics. Yeah, and, like, he's gargantuan. 
It is actually a very interesting note that, like, when you start reading Hellboy, like, if you read it canonically, uh, like, starting in the late 90s all the way up to, like, 2019, he changes. Like, he is a very big dude, but at this point in the story, he's very skinny because he actually hasn't, like, eaten or done anything. So, like, Mike, or uh, Mignola and uh, Duncan uh, uh, Figrido, um, they've made it, like, a very big point through the comics. Make him, like, skinny and bony and, like... Well, yeah, because if I remember correctly, in the early comics, he starts working for the BPRD when he's like a teenager, right? Technically, in age-wise. Uh, yeah, like the 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 doctor, uh, his dad, um, uh, Broomholm. Um, yeah. He, he like they kill him off immediately. In the back. Like he's gone. yeah. That's actually funny. It's like that's like, the one thing that both first movies do. Well, it's because like there's a lot of like emotion behind killing the father, so like they mm -hmm. might just, like, make that a thing. And the in and in the comic, they do that for a reason. Is that like this isn't important? It, it's much bigger than like Broomhole. But yeah, like they find him, they raise him, and slowly he like he wants to help out, obviously, because he's around Trevor and he's around like the BPRD as it's starting. So he does help them out, and the, all those stories are like stuff they filled in through the years. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are the ones that I'm not terribly familiar on. Yeah, well, I just remember, so basically the the Guillermo movie takes from, the first one takes very much from, like, early Hellboy with Rasputin. Mm -hmm. And so what we read, I think, so, like, the one character, I can't remember his name, the pig guy, yeah. and the girl are from, is it Alice? Um, what is her name? She's the witch queen. Uh, no, 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 not not the vampire. Mamila Jovovich. Mamila Jovovich, the other character. Oh, um, yeah, she's she's based. Oh God, what is her name? Hold on. I'm looking right now. I feel like it's not. It's either Alice or something with an A. But yeah. that's like an earlier book. Uh, no, it, it's Alice. It's um, Alice. As it's it is like you see it in the the comic. Like when you read later in the the issue, like they do show that part when like Hellboy and everything interacts. But as far as I know. Like, you don't see this interaction. It's just one of those things that, like, you take for a fact he did. Because there's a lot yeah. of effects they, like, always refer to, like, kicking the, uh, lock, or kicking the uh, Ogopogo out of um, Okanagan Lake here in Canada in 91. It's, like, one of those mm -hmm. throwback references they keep, like, going back to. But yeah, because in that story, because we're, like, I just want to, like, um, explain it before, because it's referenced a lot, because the pig character, who I cannot remember his name, is that he basically swap places with a baby and then Hellboy figures it out, touches him with a horseshoe, which is iron. So it freezes him in that form mm -hmm. and saves the girl who then gets powers of talking to fairies in the comics. Um, yeah, she's she, just kind of like, touched. She yeah, touched is a great way to say it. But like she, she has like, uh, she's like a vessel between the two. She also really doesn't age, which is interesting. That's because, like, she's not real anymore. That's, like, the town that he goes... The thing is, and they don't re they don't explain it very well in this, it, the, but they do mention it, is the world is literally ending right now um, in, in the comic. Like, everything is going to hell. If you read BPRD, that's the human side of this story, where they're trying to stop it or at least figure out what's going on. Uh, and then they eventually do bleed over and... But it, it never really goes anywhere. Um, but you, at this point, like, the town that he goes to isn't, like, it's kind of a ghost town. And I think what he's interacting with is more of a spirit than it is, 
a person that's maybe like a trap spirit, but that it, they never explain this. This is all just me like fancy. Oh, okay. Because I took it as she was still real because she was touched. That's why she hasn't aged because he has that whole weird vision thing that we'll get to. So like, I guess we should talk about the wild hunt book is well. It's kind of like it's split into two books, but it's basically, and then there's the, what's the first one that you read, John? Um, uh, Darkness Fall. Darkness, Darkness Calls. So that introduces the, I don't know what they, do they give her a name? It's not the vampire queen. That's for the movie. No, no, the, no. They, uh, they, mention it. I can't remember her name. Nemui? N-E-M-U-N-E? Nemway? Uh, yeah. That's her name. Yeah, so she was like a witch and then some shenanigans she is betrayed and then she is split into pieces. I appreciate you described it as through shenanigans. Yeah. Um, She gets split into pieces, then she gets even that can't keep her dead. So then they trap her in a box and drop it in like an endless well. Um, Cause for me, like we'll talk about the movie when we watch it, but like the comic goes so much more in depth with this, with the pig character of what his motivations are. So when reading this, I was like, Oh, this character is so much more interesting. Yeah. And what they do with him is so much more interesting in the comic. Yeah. That movie is just really bad. Can't, can't wait to watch it again. Oh man. Yeah. It's gonna be so fun. Oh, so, jokes, jokes on you! I've never seen it. Oh, uh, oh I'm so story. get ready for a. Yeah. I don't think uh, I've, I've seen it yet either. Oh, awesome! Well, Super excited. Oh, good. So you get to ruin two of your love of hell. Yeah, but great. I already spent two dollars on it, so that's fine. Um, so in the first story, I could be basically you get the backstory of the character, like I was talking about, and um, so he was like an elf, Connor, I think. At first, um, oh, uh, the the pig guy. Yeah, he was like he was a fairy folk. Uh, yeah, he. Um, I, I actually have that passage right now. Uh, Grom, that's his name. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he is like a troll. Well, he he goes to like five different forms. Yeah, so he goes to hell like a spirit. Um, he comes back uh, as like one of these like little. Uh, like troll spirits, and he's trying to like steal babies just as like a grift, and then that's when Hellboy gets him, clamps him with the uh, the iron poker, and uh, seals him in as the pig creature. Yeah. So from what I read, like he he was an elf. He basically falls from being like a top race to then he transfers into the body of this pig demon creature, and yeah. then ends up like taking it over from the inside. And so it's like it's much more interesting because he kind of it's like him dealing with like how far he has fallen. Um, and I think they even give it like a backstory. Like he was in love with a human and he's like, Oh, if you scream, it'll like do something. And he turns himself like into a, a real self. She doesn't scream, but then he turns into a bird and she tries to warn him of a cat. So she screams and that's what sends him to hell initially. Yeah. It's really tragic. It's like classic fairy tale sort of stuff. Yes. It makes like- his character much more interesting. Mm hmm. It's like this is a good book and a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, that so that is why he goes on a quest to bring he is like the patron to Nemui or whatever her name is. And this is where we get like again, like what we're talking about, like this is the end Hellboy thing where like we get all the info dump of everything about him. So this is when I think the Wild Hunt starts with the witches come to him to lead them, right? 
Yes. That's basically where it starts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh that's a big kind of reverse of power of him yeah. usually to fight the witches. So we get the well, we get the part of the reveal for Hellboy about his mother in this book. Okay, yeah. That, I didn't know if that came in like this one or Hellboy in Hell. No, so the first part comes in this and the second part comes in I think it's like Storm something. Uh the Storm. Yeah. Which basically is right before Hellboy in Hell. And the reveal is that his mother was a witch. He is a half demon. His father was one of the Dukes of Hell, which we already know through the whole thing. And then um I believe his mother tried to repent. And even though she repented, the father drug her to hell. And so she had Hellboy in hell. And I believe this is when he talks. Uh, he's already, I think this is when he meets his siblings, right? That had died. The ghosts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm a bit ahead. In the- yeah. Uh, so there's like all this stuff. And he basically tells all the witches to go fuck off. And they're like, fine, whatever. And um, I think this is when he does all his stuff to battle the Baba Yaga. And while this is going on, that is when um, the pig guy approaches them about re-releasing his uh, Nemoy, which is basically directly what the movie pulls from. Mm-hmm. It's just this side of the story. They, they completely yeah. ignore like everything that led to this moment. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, like the whole the story with like, because I really dug, I think it's in this where like the guy, the Hellboy has to fight that the Baba Yaga employs. Mm-hmm. He's really interesting. I can't remember his name. It's like oh, yeah, Ko- Kosh- Koshki or something. Koshki like the the deadless or something. Yeah. yeah, like he cannot die because the Baba Yaga. Comes. Oh, and I read like the backstory of like that they gave him, and it's like so fucking good. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, it's, it's so brutal. And he hid his soul is hidden in a duck and a rabbit, in a, no, in an egg and a duck and a rabbit and a goat that he gave to the Baba Yaga. It's just like it's so weird, and I love all the mythology of it that they use. And I get like you can't use all that in the movie, but like the the um, motivation of the Baba Yaga is so much. It's done so much better because it's kind of they rush it. We'll get, when we do the movie, we'll talk about like they actually explain the, like he had an encounter with her and he took her eye, which plays into a whole thing later on in the book. Um, yeah, like the Baba Yaga is uh, like a, a decade long foe of him, like, yeah. especially. With- Rasputin. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah Rasputin, she's like early on. Well, yeah, because is the biggest bad guy in this. He's trying to bring on like the the power of the Yagdu Jehud and like all sorts of stuff like this. And, that was the bad guy from the first movie, right? Yes. Yeah. And kill him there, which is real. That does happen, but like he keeps coming back in spirit form and then Hellboy kills him and then he comes back as like a single eyeball and then Hellboy kills him and then he comes back as a single teardrop and then Hellboy kills him again. And now yeah, he's just he like calls, he brings in the vampire. He puts the in the first movie, his like henchwoman gets put into which plays into this book into the Iron Maiden. And she's like a giant living Iron Maiden. She becomes the uh, the living embodiment of magic. She uh, becomes uh, Hectate, Hectate, the yeah. goddess of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she becomes like she's not part of his plans anymore. Once she becomes that, she's like a neutral force in the universe. Yeah, which is funny because like reading other magic y comics like uh Justice League Dark over the last like year or two, Hectate has been like a major character in that. So like reading this, I was like, Oh, cool, I have background knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then like um the current like Neil Gaiman Sandman universe is doing their version of the Wild Hunt. 
Oh, really? Okay, yes. cool. That's, Which that's really ties cool. in because, like, it's led by and Odin and Lucifer are part of it. It's actually in like the Lucifer book. So, um, which we get this part, which is like Hellboy gets invited because he gets bounced around teleported places. He's also at this point kind of, I don't, wouldn't you say crazy or he's just like, he's He's not bad. I think it's been like what, six years from what I read. Uh, It's been a long time. He has not had like human contact since the late nineties. Uh, and this is now at at this point, I think like 2009 or 2010, something like that. Yes, uh, this book takes place like congruently to when it was released, yeah. as opposed and to the previous book. What they try to do with this is they try to isolate Hellboy. That's why they keep teleporting him around and keeping away uh, away from things. And it shows later on when he starts interacting with humans, like in BPRD again, where he's not he's not human. He's lost whatever that is, and that's what you're starting to see here. Is that that weird? Like stare is because he's 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 lost it. He's disconnected. Yeah, he's living like like I can't remember. Somebody says like, oh, he's said that he wrote a letter and he's living with this. Like that guy died in like the sixties, and he's just in people's houses who are dead and talking to the ghosts. Yeah, and he's also shit faced a lot of the time and like smoking constantly. Yeah, no, he's like lived a debaucherous life of doing. <laughs> Uh, for like as long as he could. If you read like um, what is it? Buried. Um, that's a. It's brutal what they do to him, and that's why they he kind of ends up where he is. Oh, is that the mermaid one? Yeah, like they. Yeah, he, I he, read that one. That one's really hardcore. Awesome, but it is like they beat the shit out of Hellboy, and they make like they pull him right down to like being hopeless. It's awesome. Uh, like both because that's the one where he, like he loses the BPRD and loses his humanity. It's really a cool book. And great art. Yeah. Well, that's something. Like, I feel like Magnola's art, like the art in these books is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stories are so good, but it's like we've said, like it's the end kind of. So mm-hmm. it's building on all this mythology that he's been building on for, you know, what? Like, Dec- like at yeah, this point, 15 years at this point, 15, 20 years of like building up to the end. And if like if you read BPRD, it's kind of interesting because the world's been slowly ending for about like three years at this point. So, uh, pretty cool because everything just hits like turbo mode when this hat starts. Yeah, because what's cool is like um, while he's doing all this, they um, sort of through I can't even remember what happened. Somebody kills everybody in the one town, and they use all the blood to resurrect Nimoy, but she doesn't really have all her powers yet. And then I actually thought this was interesting, where that's where like the pig guy is like you're Back supposed story. to return me. To- I'm sorry, what did you say, John? His backstory and everything, you mean? Yeah, but then he that like, was my favorite part. His backstory is great, but then he's like, "Aren't you gonna turn me back?" And then she like pauses, and he's like, "You can't turn me back." And she loses her shit and casts him out. Is like such a good, like interesting part to the story where he like he's the one who starts everything, and then he doesn't even get what he wants. Yeah. And like in the book here, it's uh, like it, it's really emphasized by the fact, the hopelessness of like you see his entire life story of him just constantly trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like even now, when he thought he was doing the right thing, it still fucking bites him in the ass. It's such a good moment. Oh, he's such a better character in the book. Yeah, it's yeah, he's so good in the book. Yeah, I think this is when like then Hellboy finally gets reunited with Alice, and then this is where I'm trying to think because this, this is the part where they don't use in the movie where. He gets introduced. He goes to hell and is introduced to Morgan Le Fay, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yes. this is like hell becomes a 
thing, like a tangible thing. I just read to this part where he fights the guy on the bridge. Yes, which is awesome. You get so, his ass handed to him. And the movie cuts the Morgan Le Fay part, but this is when they give like all the reveals. And Morgan Le Fay is like, oh, like, yeah, I am the half-sister of King Arthur. I had my son Mordred. I did all this stuff. And he died fighting Arthur, but they didn't know, like, uh, he had kids. He had three sons, and they killed them all. But he also had a daughter, and they all had daughters down the line until blah, 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 who's Hellboy's mother. And so, therefore, you are, in fact, the last or the final descendant of King Arthur, and therefore, you are the king of England. That is such a cool thing. <laughs> like, yeah, and how that just sound awesome. It is. And how was wasn't that in the movie? It was in the movie. They actually it is do in the movie. movie. <laughs> but it's not as good. It sucks ass in the movie because it happens at the last minute. Because it's not like in the movie, isn't like Merlin that says it, but it's so much better that it's Morgan Le Fay because he's yeah. like, I don't fucking believe you. Like, I know who you are. You're the like lyingest liar, like shithead in the world. You're never gonna lie. It's you. That's kind of. And Alice is with him, and she's just like, "It's fucking Excalibur. You have to take it." Because it's the. I think it's basically like picking up one sword will cause him to pick up the other. But the only Mm -hmm. way to stop the end of the world, the only way to stop the dragon, because it's the whole thing is. So I can't pronounce the name. The the Cthulhu dragon is like the black dragon. I think they call it. It's the se- the seven dragons that are one. It's like a whole like cryptic thing with numerology. Yeah. It's really cool if you got the time to like yeah. read into it. It was based in like real world, kind yeah. of real world. Like, and yeah, like Morgan Le Fay ties it into the red dragon of like Arthur's symbol, and that like he is, and that like Hellboy is kind of the red dragon because he's Arthur's descendant and a descendant of Hell. Like there's there's the uh, the underlying thing that the story as a whole is trying to tell you is that destiny is inevitable and that you just have to grin your teeth and bear it and try and make a better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, it, that permeates like both the grand arcing story and like small moments like this, where it's like if he picks the sword up, if he picks up Alexander's sword, he can save Britain, but he's going to doom everything else because eventually yeah. he will pick his father's sword and he will take that power. Yeah, and he will lead. Uh, when he takes up his father's sword, he can break the walls of hell and breach hell, earth, and heaven together, I believe is what will happen. But he needs to pick up the sword because he's the only one that, the, that can defeat was like Anunshraga, whatever they're called, the dragons. Uh, yeah, uh, J- Yagdu Jahud, or, uh, you know what? It's uh, like, it's, it's Arab, cool. I think, I don't know. Um, well, what's funny is what ends up happening when he goes back to earth is kind of what happens in the first Guillermo movie, which I did not know, which is like when Namui takes the power, because basically when they say her backstory, she was in like the Byzantine Empire. She rose to power, um, got like the king to fall in love with her. And he she found like his knowledge that she was keeping from humans and read it. And then like, killed him and took over and gave the knowledge out to the world. Um, but without, um, and I think like Merlin taught her at some point as well. And then she kills Merlin and then she starts reading into other stuff, which drives her insane, which is why the other witches kill her. I love that. Yeah. There's like so much shit going on. Um, one of my favorite villain tropes is like a, a villain that goes insane because they just want to know everything. 
Yeah. And then so like in the end she's like doing other stuff and Hellboy, like they he gets he Alice convinces him well first, which I think is awesome, where it's like something happens and Alice um no, Hellboy loses his shit because um he's like really afraid about what's going on and he tells Alice and then we basically what they do in the movie with like the, the giant hunting and the wild hunt that he lost his shit and like went basically full Hellboard. Yeah. Yeah, he he embraced the demon, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what like that's always his like grounding force. Is like when he embraces that, that's when he's like, oh, f- oh fuck, I fucked up. Yeah, and he's basically like, I can't. He's like, if that's what I became when I just picked up a hunk of metal, what happens when I pick up Excalibur? Mm-hmm. That's it's so cool. There's like that shot of him where he's like fantasizing about all those dead trolls, and he's just like full Hellboy. Oh, yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. It's so cool. Um. And but for he, what it's worth, Ogdru uh, Jihad. Yeah. Um, and Alice convinces him some, to take it, and they go to Earth, and then he fights the hedgehog guy, which is cool, because he's who replaced the pig, and they fuck him up, but then he never uses Excalibur. Um, so he goes to fight in the battle, and Alice takes it, and because he has it, all of the noble knights of England start rising from the dead to be his army, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> it's that so cool. Just tight. I haven't gotten that far yet because I didn't get a chance to finish it, but it yeah, sounds fantastic. Like, they're like, they go to meet, like, his old priest friend, and he's just like, um, so these, like, thousand-year-old tombs are open, and, um, kind of saw them walk out. The fuck is happening? <laughs> and, like, um, what's cool, like, what, like, I love what Alice, like, Alice is so much more interesting in the book, too. Um, because she takes the Excalibur and gives it to a like zombie Arthur, I believe, and they no. go. No, it's not Arthur. It's the other guy, the um, the soldier, isn't it? Um, I'm hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. It's like some guy that was supposed to die that didn't die, and he's like a, he's like two hundred years old. Cronin, <laughs> like the guy with the guy who like twists the thing in the movie and has the blades on his arms. Uh, no, he's cool, but like that guy is a villain, and he actually doesn't die until BPRD. Um, okay. Actually, later from this moment, um, he makes it till like 2014 or 15. No, it's like uh, a, okay. it's like an old British soldier that got like blessed, and so he's never died because he's supposed to be there for this moment. And she gives him Excalibur, and then he leads the army. His Hellboy's like, I'm not taking the sword, and they have their big fight, and. What's cool is in the book, like the first movie, the original movie, the Moi kind of gets taken over by the dragon, and it's like like how um, Rasputin does in the first movie, and she starts freaking out because she's like, "No, this is not what it's supposed to be. This isn't me. I'm not in control." And they they kind of use her as a way to get through, and so he has to battle one of them, and it's fucking awesome. And yeah, uh, and it basically ends really cool because in the story, like basically. They're all fighting. He ends up killing it. And then as it's dying and he's dying, she rips out his heart and takes him to hell with her. Mm-hmm. And One that... Is, yeah, and he's just like, ah, fuck. And he just crumbles to dust. And also, him and Alice have like a kind of romantic thing going on. That's one of those things that always kind of weirded me out. Because Hellboy is, like, infinitely older than her. It, it goes back to, like, our Inuyasha thing that you missed, where he, like, saved her as a little kid. Yeah. Um, yeah and- I, mean, I mean, like, if you're immortal, 
like time has no meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a do not do not do not put that on me. By the way, <laughs> hey, look if at your immortal time has no meeting, John Siler, twenty twenty. Like, how old is Bella in the first Twilight? A freshman, and she's yeah, and he's he's two hundred. I feel like that's the thing, though. It's like if you're into like vampire literature in any kind of way, like. You know, or demons, or anything. Where, because I mean, like the life expectancy of like a lot of those are, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. It's that's like that's not even like, the worst part. And uh, what was it? Twilight. I was it. Jacob is in love with like her unborn fetus, and that's why like, he was attracted to her. He like imprints on the baby when she's born, and it's like that's not right. Spe- specifically for like this one point, though, it's like if you're like in into demons or vampires or you know devils or anything like that it's like in, in romance it's like that's a that's a bridge you're going to have to get to at, at some point and it's like that's a, the caveat you have to have to go through for a certain story. absolutely no that was, i was saying that was the one thing that kind of maybe tripped me up a little bit but that's a good point and uh is kind of settled yeah but i i guess i like it better than because I'm, I'm still, I have missed, like, I jumped from where I had been reading Hellboy to do this. And, like, I like their relationship more than I like the, what Guillermo did with him and, um, what is that character? Um, Liz. Liz. Like, no. Liz's character is so much more interesting. Like- so this was my first Hellboy story proper that I read and I liked it. But I'm also my exposure to Hellboy is the 2004 movie, which will always have a little place in my heart. It's it's really good. Don't get me wrong. As somebody who adores the series of Hellboy, I still really love Guillermo's movie. It's just it's got some weird like quirks that they have to do for like 80 or early 2000s movies to get them mm-hmm. made. Like it needs to have the romantic subplot. It needs to have like some element of secrecy. It needs to have something like. Can't, like the villain needs to die at the end, stuff like that. Yeah, um, well, like I don't mind them yeah. killing off Rasputin. Well, but at, the, the, but the, at the end of the day, would you rather have like another Gamal Turturro movie or like another uh, twenty eighteen Hellboy movie? No, that's Give me a hundred movie yeah. any day oh, of the week. Well, I guess. Oh, go on. Sorry. No, I was gonna say like my to kind of end with the book itself that we were talking about. Like what I don't get with them doing the movies is like. Okay, we have the Guillermo one, and the new one is kind of like a rehash of it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they didn't do a period piece one. Because, like, I would say, mm-hmm. like, what, 80% of Hellboy is period? Um, Money. Nah, I wouldn't say that. I would say, like, maybe 20% is period. Um, okay, maybe most- it's just where I had read through, because I feel like a lot of it takes place in, like, the 50s and 60s. A lot of those are actually done by, like, uh, other writers and artists. Um, so it's not that they're not canon, it's just that those ones aren't the ones that, like, I'm familiar with. I've read, like, through the BPRD series and the Hellboy series and a couple of the adjacent ones that kind of tie in. Um, so I, I can't say for that, but I can tell you just how much shit there is in, like, BPRD, because that was a weekly comic. Or not a weekly, a, bi- uh, a monthly comic. So, like, there is a lot more of that than there is of Hellboy. And I still need to get two more... I had the first four library editions, so I need to get five and six, and then okay. I have to I have to see if they have the uh, if they have like a really cool VPRD one because like I would say like Hellboy 
is an awesome book series. Like it is so. I will definitely go back and read them at some point. Yeah, I, it's 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 really cool because you get two things if you want here. You can have like your creature feature monster fighting with like some cool like elder god stuff with Hellboy, or if you want your more X Files with like Twin Peaks uh, feeling like terror, you can read BPRD, and they all both tell the same style of story. It's just they're two different flavors. And I do think Hellboy as a character in the book, which I think we get in the Guillermo movies, is a character of two worlds, but also of neither. <laughs> and that's what makes the book good. And mm-hmm. we get that in at least, especially the first Guillermo movie. And it's something that we just, like, we'll, we'll watch the other one and we'll talk about it a lot more then, but like, it's just, it's that is the part that I think works really well for Hellboy. Like, He's just, he can, he's not part of any world. Mm-hmm. And he's and just so, like, depressed and down for, like, good chunks of the book. And it's like, I don't know, I really connect that part. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to get too preachy or anything, but, like, I, I got into this series when I was having some, some pretty tough personal times. And, like, seeing another character go through, like, that weird um, disconnect was kind of reassuring and, and especially with uh, the way the series kind of wraps up. I, it, I read all of this like during like basically two of the worst days I've had in like forever this past like week. Yeah, and it's um, good to like empathize and it with really them. helped going through yeah. the shit. Because yeah, like the especially like this end, which is again why to choose to make a movie of the final story. Like these these like two end stories is like literally it's just all like his existential crisis with like yeah. The inevitability that he cannot be anything but like the doom bringer that is all he can be it's beautiful it's a gorgeous story because it's constantly seeing him fight against something that is inevitable and the movie it's like it's mocking the entire concept with when i learned when they picked the movie like which stories they were doing and then eventually seeing the movies even like um i read the hellboy in mexico which the movie also does Mm-hmm. Um, have you read that, Connor, or anybody else? I actually have read... No, I haven't read that one. Is, th- is that the one where, like, Hellboy uh, fights luchadors? Yes. Yes. Um, it. So, in the movie, we'll see, is a thing. The book is actually awesome, because it's about him meeting up with this trio of brothers who are luchadors, killing monsters and getting drunk and doing drugs in Mexico. Yeah. Awesome. And it's just like awesome. And then like it ends like it's just like it's I can't remember who he's talking to about it. Maybe it's Abe because it takes place out of continuity because it appears because it's so weird because it shows you how little the people who made this the movie work is it came out in between the wild hunt and the storm, which is like the main story the movie takes from. Mm-hmm. It's when Hellboy in Mexico came out. So they must have just got like volume yeah, like nine ten volumes. Jesus, yeah, that sucks. Oh boy, can't, like, I'm, I'm can't wait to watch this. Oh, it's yeah, okay. There are two moments in the movie that I think are pretty good. Um, just because like now one I know they're never gonna get we're never gonna get another Hellboy movie, so it's cool to see no, like and there were so many problems that we've heard of after that too. And oh, yeah. I, I wanna say like I think David hey, Harbour hey, 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 Harbor tried. We may get a Hellboy movie in like fifteen years. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll wait fifteen years. If we survive years. that long. If, if, you know what? <laughs> if if we get a uh, 
If we can get the Snyder Cut, we can get a Guillermo del Toro Hellboy 3. No, it's never coming out. That bridge is like nuclear bombed. It's done. Like it's Fine. Maybe I'll... Ron Perlman's like 70, so... Fine, then I'll will Guillermo's Mountains of Madness Lovecraft movie into existence. Yeah, you can find the... He made the penguins, so you can go look at them. <laughs> I've seen the penguin. The penguin's amazing. And if you haven't listened to, there's an awesome episode of um, Best Movies Never Made that they did on that, where they go through the Guillermo Mountains of Madness script. Uh, yeah, no, I have listened to that. That's also a very good one. Um, you can definitely tell it was written around the same time. Yeah. Also, feel like when we watch the Hellboy movie, it's going to be like, God damn it, Guillermo is so good. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, like, this is not. But what yeah. the, the parts, can I guess the things that you liked in the movie? Of course. Yeah. I feel like it's, oh man, I actually don't know. Maybe the giant killing scene? It was cool. Yeah, that was cool. I, I'll give you one of the free ones. It's Lobster Jobs, Johnson. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. You'll, we'll never see him. And he's and such that was a, perfect casting. You time. saw him for like five seconds. Oh, dude, that's all I needed. Because, like, he's yeah. so iconic in the comic books. Um, he, it's the death stroke to go to your Snyder kind of comparison. Yeah, 100%. We'll never get the Joe Manganiello's death stroke. Yeah, we'll never get the Lobster Johnson, like, 1940s spinoff. Because that would be so cool. I think I've read one Lobster Johnson book, and I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. Yeah, no, dude, they're they're really goofy at the start, but they always end up like truly horrifying. It, and it's like a modern take on a pulp comic. Yeah, it, it really is, and it does like that modern face. It, like, yeah, it gets really dark, and it's very good. So, if you haven't read it, I would I would suggest like just picking up one because they're a standalone. Yeah, and it's like, and we kind of got the Guillermo like sort of Black Lagoon Abe Sapien movie with um. Was it Shape of Water? Yeah, because it's kind his, of uh, Abe Sapien spinoff. <laughs> it's it's Abe Sapien Abe slash Sapien his, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it? Creature of the Black Lagoon? Because that was another movie he was supposed to do. Yeah, so like I don't like I cannot recommend like Hellboy is such a good book. To me, it just sucks that everything I've heard makes me not like Magnola as a person. That I've just heard that he's a giant douche. That that's. Uh, because like he's doing good things right now. Like I, I've been, we posted a couple of things in like our personal chat of like him drawing Pokemon and other stuff. Yeah, which I, I, I did tweet this out on on Twitter where I'm like, I, I desperately need a Pokemon TCG set of Magnola art Pokemon cards. God, I would love that because oh, all of them. Are- the is, his his art is so great, but I think one of the problems is he got so. I'm trying to figure. Like he kind of thought he was bigger than he was because mm-hmm. he tried to be a real like painter for what like a couple years and it just didn't go anywhere and that's when the Guillermo stuff just fucking died mm, and sucks. everything I've heard is like his ego got so big and then that just like killed it because like his art is like you know a Mignola thing the second you see like it's yeah. so specific um He's got that style. It's like when you see Seth MacFarlane's like Spider-Man webs, and you're like, ah, yes, exactly. Like, and Magnolia's Bat. Like, I like his Batman. I like, I like everything that he's done. Like, it's a cool. It's like very. Like, I love the heavy black. I love his shadow work. Like, it just works so well. Oh, like, I just, like yeah. Sorry, just the the one I posted of the Audrey uh, Jahat. Like, yeah. those, it's haunting. Like, it looks like that picture's moving in my. It's, and it's, it's almost like he's trapped by this character, though. 
Yeah. Oh, you can totally see. Like when he draws stuff, it's it's never Hellboy stuff. Like he drew a couple things, and he's selling it for charity, which I think is a really cool thing. Um, but other than that, I've never seen him like willingly post pictures he's drawing of like Hellboy or Abe Sapien or anything. Mm-hmm. He's yes. drawing skeletons. I'll give him that. I'm always a big fan of a, uh, a Bone Boy. Yeah, and like there's so many like because I think I read the story of like I can't remember what it's called, but there's like a there is a backstory of the Ogdru Jihad, uh, Jihad, and it's like, I was like, oh, I never read this, and I was like reading, I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome, like, he actually went in and described how this gets created, um, and like, the beginning of the universe, and it's like, this idea to pull from, like, the Russian folk, like, there's a lot of Russian folklore, and to pull from this, like, um, Lovecraftian stuff, and like, all this kind of ancient things, Mm-hmm. is so interesting and different. I uh, I would I really want you to like read BPRD because I the way you're talking about this is they explore all of these concepts way more in depth yeah. in the BPRD series. I, I'm not even joking. I might read a bunch of it like this weekend. Do it. Yeah. Like honestly do it like read a um a Plague of Frogs. Um cuz that's a great like great place to start. I know I have read a bunch of them so i don't remember like i have to like see which ones i have read and because i've read like chunks and stuff here that people have like given me so i have Um, to go and see what i've actually read Um, i keep hell on earth because that's kind of the the start of the end because that starts mm -hmm. around this time of like this uh, wild hunt time stay if you see any stories like starting in canada probably go before that um yeah i'm trying to remember like i feel like i know i read stuff for like the plague of frogs i might have read because they were like that's with the vampire guy, right? Like, Gishu is, like, around? Um, there's that in Hellboy proper? That's, that's Hellboy proper, I believe. Okay, so then maybe I haven't read any BPRD. BPRD only- when, uh, um, it starts when Hellboy leaves. That's kind of the insane. Oh, okay, so yeah. Because, like, I've never read a comic book with, uh, is it Daimo? Daimo, the okay. Korean guy? Where he's the other person I was very excited to see in um, mm. help. Like he's in BPRD. He's got the craziest story in the whole series, and uh, they did him dirty in this. And we don't see it. He's just a Korean guy that can turn into a cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great actor, perfect casting. Like that's exactly. Well, not originally, which we'll talk about. Really? No. Oh, no that. that was like a huge thing. Oh, oh, oh man, I get. Yeah, we'll have to go into that. Um, yeah, because he was not the original casting, and the internet blew up. Who was going to uh, be the original? Ben? It was a white dude, wasn't it? And then everyone yeah. like flipped yeah, out. No, and they made oh, wait, are you talking about um, the Daniel Day Tim casting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was going to be Francis from Deadpool. <laughs> Ajax. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it was going to be Ajax from Deadpool, but then everyone made a stink. He realized, and he's like, no, yeah, I'm backing it out, and then Daniel Day came back down. He literally says, like, I had no idea this character was Asian. Which, I mean, it's, it's like, hey, like, good job to the actor, and good job to the company. It's like, Well, it, the company could have done it from the... Bad job by the casting uh, director? Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Good job on the actor... Like, hey, company, you should have hired, like, you know... Uh, you should have hired the right person. <laughs> the right person from the get-go, yeah. Yeah, because here's, here's Ben Dymo, um, like, in the comics. Now, when I look at this man, I don't see white guy. Also, no. his name is Dymo? Yeah, that's also, like, screams not white guy. 
But yeah, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I really do dig Hellboy so much, and like, I feel like we will dig into it when we watch the movie, because there will be so much of us uh, not wanting to talk about what we are watching, so... We're just, we're just gonna hear a lot of angry noises coming from us. I'm be screaming. My roommates are gonna hate me. <laughs> uh, might, or not Hunter screaming. Uh, Connor might break something. Uh, yeah, I might. No, I won't. I'm not that violent. I'll just be, like, very aggravated and drinking Zero. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, angrily drinking Coke Zero. Canadian of you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all. That's all. I'll, I'll write a very strongly worded email and then delete it quickly. <laughs> you're like, you're like, dear Lionsgate, fuck you. Lightly, go fuck yourself. Thank you. Love, Connor. Yeah, so is there anything else anybody wants to touch on before we close out? Uh, this movie's gonna hurt. This 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 is really gonna hurt. It's really not painful. It's like it's gonna be like Bloodshot, where we're gonna be talking about other things over. Yeah, I, I say it's like it's mostly boring. Like I found I'm, it. I'm looking at the guy who wrote it, and it's the co-founder of Boom Studios who wrote the uh, Hellboy movie. Oh. I mean, like, hey, not bad. I like Boom Studios. Let's see what else I- has he done. He worked at a uh, Malibu Comics. He did some stuff for Dark Horse that no one's ever heard of. Well, here's the thing, like, and we'll go into it, but, like, he's not someone that should be writing a giant theatrical, like, what, $150 million budget movie or whatever. Oh, wait, he made Eureka. That's a good show. Also, here's the thing. It's, like, also at the end of the day, it's, like, you can write whatever you have, and then you pass it to the director and the producer, the assistant director, like, whatever. And it's not necessarily going to be the thing that you wrote. True. So it's like, you know, like, it is what it is, you know. Also, I will say, when you, you who have not watched the movie, when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, there wasn't much writing. They just took, like, copy and pasted stories from the comic and just didn't connect them together at all. Yeah, Uh, that's 100%. Like, um, I'm. It's not a movie as much as it's a compilation of episodes of a TV show. Of a TV show. Well, like you're looking, I'm looking at his uh, uh, filmography, and he wrote Eureka, which fun fact was filmed in my hometown, and I think I'm in somewhere in the background of. Um, oh. <laughs> okay, so now we gotta watch all Eureka guys. Watch Eureka. There's uh, like they shoot most of it on like studio, but if they do any sort of exterior scene, it's all in Chilliwack, BC, because it's cheap as shit to film there. Uh, and like, there's a main drag, and every time they would do like, "Hey, we're filming Eureka for like a week. Come like walk down. We'll use you as an extra." Um, so yeah, they would do that. But yeah, like he he wrote TV shows. So why? And I mean, I don't remember much about Eureka, but I remember it not being terrible. So why did this suck so much? Yeah. I would would like to get my hands on the original screenplay, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. No, it was it was so. And there's so much behind the scenes stuff that we'll talk about that came out. Oh my god, that behind the scenes. I remember reading it was that like all like McShane or like rewriting stuff like on set. Yeah, I, I heard about so bad. Oof. Uh, but yeah, does uh, anybody have anything else before we do quick plugs? No, I think we covered everything. All right. Uh, who wants to plug first? Uh, I'll go first because um, I came in last. Uh, it's only fair. Um, you can find me at uh, Question Connor on uh, uh, Twitter. You can find me on Maybe Connor at Instagram, and you can play NHL 20 and 21 when it eventually drops at some point uh and i'll have worked on those so yeah that's me i've got nothing to plug this time just uh i'm on twitter james got 193 if you've been listening to the show for the while you already know this if you're new then now you know 
Uh, oh, hey, uh, you can find me at John J O H N underscore F N underscore Siler S E I L E R, uh, where I talk about uh, movies and uh, games I'm playing and comics we're releasing and uh, Shira because like that ended on Friday and that shit is so good. You I've heard it. good things about Shira. Yeah, I looked on Netflix. I did not realize it's what five seasons. Yeah. Uh, the well, it's like five seasons of like maybe like twelve some odd episodes. Oh, um, they're like half hours. That's not bad. It's 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 so good. It's like like I'll say okay. So like for like a lot of shows where um it's like pretty good in the beginning. Um, maybe so so in uh, in the beginning and then or in the middle and then it just kind of like ends where it is. Uh, Shira, good in the beginning, middle, end. It's like so good. Go watch it. Yeah, I've seen like the first two episodes and I really enjoyed it. That's my point. point. Right. And then um, you can check out all the other shows on the network. And obviously, we've talked about it constantly, but we are going to do a watch party for 2019 Hellboy. Uh, we're going to figure out when we can do that. And you can sit and watch that masterpiece with us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, like, I guess my other plug is I watched a really fun, like, doc on Netflix called In Secret Love that was really cool and, like, very heartfelt if you want something. And it's about a very old lesbian couple and, like, their lives. Um, I heard that was good. It was really good and, like, very heartfelt. I'm uh, currently watching Hollywood on Netflix. Uh, what's that about? The, it's the Ryan Murphy uh, alternate history show about a bunch of people want to make it in Hollywood. Oh, okay. It's good so far. I really like it. Mm. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like golden age Hollywood. Like it's set in the 40s, the golden age post, post World War II era. There's a lot of artistic license taken with characters. Yeah. And I would say if you haven't watched, um, all the CW shows are basically done and they're popping up on Netflix. They all ended early, so they're like, I think Supergirl was one episode short and all the other ones like two or three. Um, Flash and Supergirl ended really well. If you don't care about them, I would just still suggest there is one episode of Supergirl that's a John Cryer as Lex episode. That oh, is fantastic. Yes. It's basically, he wakes up post-crisis like... Uh, Marty McFly in Back to the Future when he fixes everything, and it's so fun. But all right, we will catch you guys next time. Adios. I love you. Yo, yo, dog. Twenty twenty is going to make you a hell boy to a hell man. <laughs> well. So I guess I'll join the Great Lakes of